Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Inshallah today... in today's session, we will cover uh, Battle of Tabuk. Um, last week, we talked about um, underlying reasons for the Battle of Tabuk, uh, uh, what caused or triggered uh, Battle of Tabuk. Uh, they were on the side of uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We talked about that, that Rasulullah sallallahu sent a letter to the to the king of uh, Byzantine Empire, which was the, the biggest empire uh, or superpower of that time. Uh, and the letter was uh, uh, sent through Al Harith bin Umayr al Azdi to Shurahbil, who was Shurahbil bin Amr al Wasani, who was the ruler of Busra, and he was supposed to take the letter to the king uh, of the Byzantines uh, or, the, uh, or Caesar. And uh, <coughs> he killed uh, or martyred uh, Al Harith bin Umayr. Radiallahu uh, and the Sahabi Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and that resulted into Ghazwat uh, Mota or the Battle of Mota, in which Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam sent uh, um, the, the sent the Sahaba of about three thousand, the army of three thousand under the leadership of uh, Zaid bin Harith radiallahu an, and uh, the they were given specific instructions, and uh, they fought against the army of 200,000 of the of the Romans. And uh, Khalid bin Walid at the end uh, was able to bring the army safely back. Uh, that did not result into taking uh, taking care of the, the army of the Byzantines at that time or to take the revenge of that, uh, the killing of uh, the Muslim ambassador to the king. Uh, but uh, it was still a victory from the sense of uh, the Muslims were able to confront uh, a, a superpower, uh, the one uh, that had a lot of influence on um, uh, many of the Arabian uh, tribes in the Arabian Peninsula. Uh, so it was, in that sense, it was a uh, it was a starting point of uh, Muslim armies facing uh, us, the, the superpowers of that time. Uh, and then after the Fatah Makkah, uh, uh, which was uh, which happened in the eighth year of the Hijrah. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam came out victorious uh, as a as a main power in the Arabian Peninsula because right after that uh, all the uh, tribes around the the, the Mecca uh, also entered into either entered into fold of Islam or they gave in to uh, to the power of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so they came under the power of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so now this was uh, an alarming thing for the Romans because uh, a Byzantine empire here, because for them uh, this was more of a issue that uh, there were uh, tribes who were under their influence, and now they are given into the uh, to, they were going into the influence, under the influence of Rasulullah sallallahu So they are, they were changing their alliances. Hence, uh, that could be uh, an issue for a superpower of that time. So uh, what? Uh, what what Caesar uh, what Caesar uh, did at that time he started gathering an army uh, that included uh, the the tribes of Dogasan uh, and uh, the, the, when this 
preparation for uh, for for the war against Rasulullah and Sahaba started, and the news uh, broke to the Sahaba in Medina, uh, who have uh, so far uh, fought many battles, and Muslims were coming out victorious. But still, this was a direct conflict with a superpower, and uh, they were going to attack the Muslims, and their purpose was to bring the army to Medina and fought. Uh, basically crushed the Muslims one time for uh, for all. Now, this was uh, obviously a problematic thing, especially for Muslims. It's still not as powerful as, uh, as a superpower of that time. So, uh, the people in uh, Medina, when they heard about that, that the, 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 the Ghassanite, or the people of Ghassan, Banu Ghassan and Byzantines are preparing for war, there was uh, some sort of, I'm going to call it some sort of fear, uh, was uh, could be could be felt within the Medina, uh, and uh, if, if they if they would hear certain kind of a noise or something coming, they would th- thought they would thought of it as if the Romans are coming. Now this can be understood uh, from one of the incidents that happened uh, during that time. When uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and this is the ninth year of the Hijrah, by the way, uh, when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he he decided to uh, he decided to basically um, stay away from his wives uh, for a month, and uh, this is called ila, and uh, and this was Sahaba were not aware of that, but Rasulullah sallallahu separated himself from uh, from from his wives. And uh, uh, it somehow broke out into in a manner as if uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam divorced his wife, as one of the hadith uh, mentioned in Bukhari uh, talks about that, that uh, which is reported by Ibn Abbas radiallahu an, and he says that one morning we saw the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu weeping, and every one of them had uh, her family with her. So I went to the mosque and found that it was it was crowded with the people. Uh, then Umar bin Khattab came and went up to Rasulullah who was in his uh, uh, upper room and he greeted him but nobody answered. He greeted again, nobody answered. Then the gatekeeper called him and he entered upon Rasulullah and asked, have you divorced your wives? And Rasulullah said, no, but I have taken an oath not to go to them for one month. So Rasulullah stayed from uh, his wives for about for 29 days and then he entered upon them. And this is what we're talking about Rasulullah's uh, relationship with the wives, he, he stayed away from them. Now, uh, the, the way the story talks about that is, uh, one of the Sahabi came to uh, Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anha, he says, uh, uh, the way he was knocking at the door, and the response of Umar was, has Ghassanaid, uh, uh, or the people of Banu Ghassan, have they, have they arrived already? Uh, see, so any kind of, a, this kind of a knock at the door, or the person comes in a terrified way, the, the response was coming out as if the Romans are there already. So he said no, uh, and his answer was, it is greater than or more serious than, Rasulullah, uh, than that. And he said that Rasulullah has divorced his wives. This is where uh, the, the reason that I was mentioning about this uh, story. Uh, so that shows the kind of uh, fear or the uh, uh, fear that the people were in in the Medina because of uh, such a large army was about to attack the Medina. Now, uh, Munafiqeen at that time actually, so they tried to take, uh, uh, make use of this, uh, this state of fear and the uh, uh, Romans are about to attack, even though 
Muslims were continuously uh, uh, winning all the battles that happened, even the one that seemingly looked like uh, um, there were more Sahaba uh, were martyred in Ghazwat Wahid, but still it was uh, it was still in the favor of the Muslims because at the end uh, Meccans ran away even in that battle also. So uh, what Munafiqeen did at that time, uh, they actually started they they, they built a masjid now. Now, this masjid is uh, referred in the Quran as Masjid al-Darab, which is a masjid mosque for, to, to cause the harm. Uh, and uh, they built a masjid, and the purpose of that masjid was actually to uh, gather all the munafiqeen over there and conspire against the Muslims. And uh, so there's a meeting place for uh, uh, all the Ill, uh, uh, ill-minded people to gather in one place and... Uh, uh, cause uh, uh, cause uh, cause destruction to the to, to to the Islamic structure or society that existed at that time, uh, uh, and for that the main headquarter was Masjid Nabawi, uh, the the Mosque of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the Masjid Rasulullah and now they built the Masjid because they want to gather the people over there, and uh, now they came to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and they asked Rasulullah to come and pray in the Masjid, so kind of a getting a, a stamp. From Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, that okay, this is a place for for for, for uh, a place of uh, worshiping Allah azza wa jal, and Rasulullah sallam agreed uh, with that, and uh, uh, Allah subhanahu wa taala talks about that in Surah Al-Baqarah about this masjid when He says, "Waladina taqadu masjid dirara wa kufran wa tafriqan bayn al-mu'minin wa irsad liman harab Allahu wa Rasulah min Rasulahu min qabl." And there are those hypocrites and munafiqeen who took for themselves a masjid for causing harm and disbelief and division among the believers. And as a station for whoever had warned against Allah and His Messenger before. And they will surely swear we intended only the best. And Allah testifies that they indeed uh, that they indeed they are liars. So uh, Allah Azza wa Jal uh, actually uh, mentioned it very clearly here about the purpose of the masjid that uh, they were there to cause destruction among the Muslims, to cause division among the Muslims uh, by hiding behind the nifaq. And uh, uh, when they approached Rasulullah to to come in and and pray in in that masjid, so Rasulullah told them that because he was he got busy with the preparation for Tabuk, and he said when he will come back, uh, he, uh, he will, uh, he, basically he said that they deferred that to uh, return from the Tabuk. And uh, in, in the meantime, Allah Azza wa Jal uh, told Rasulullah through the revelation about the purpose of the Masjid, hence after he came back, this Rasulullah ordered the demolition of that uh, that Masjid. So it's a, it's a very interesting thing to, to remember, uh, to take a point here, that uh, a state uh, where Islam is implemented, they will not be naive that if there are conspiracies are happening against the state to divide the ummah or to uh, to to to, uh, to topple uh, the, the ruling. Rasulullah uh, uh, showed us how he took care of that and uh, and that masjid that was the purpose of that was to cause division among the ummah and uh, basically standing up against the estate that Rasulullah Sallallahu uh, built over there and Rasulullah Sallallahu took care of it and that masjid was destroyed. And of course Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala told Rasulullah Sallallahu through the, through the revelation. And in our case, 
uh, we are not getting revelation in the case of uh, uh, if uh, if Muslims are ruling by Allah's command, then the the then the Amir of the Muslimin, he will uh, have to evaluate situations like that and take care of it. Okay, so that's uh, one lesson out of this uh, story. Now moving on, uh, there there were some of the people who used to bring uh, uh, the oil from uh, from Asham to Medina. Uh, those people are referred as Alambat. Or in English, they call Nabatians. So they they brought the news regarding uh, how the, the the Caesar was preparing for the for the for the battle, and it's an enormous army uh, that he has built about forty thousand fighters, besides uh, some of the tribes, which was uh, which is uh, Luham and uh, Judham, and other tribes uh, allied with uh, to the Byzantines, and uh, so they and they have gathered at the area called Al Balqa. Uh, when Rasulullah and Sahaba they found out about this, uh, this was a grave situation for the Muslims uh, for many other reasons besides that the, the uh, huge army is coming to fight uh, in Medina directly. They were planning to attack Medina. Besides that, the situation was grave. Uh, the weather was very hot the, at that time, and uh, there was a drought. And uh, the, the the distance if they Muslim uh, Muslims try to go and fight uh, against them in uh, uh, in the northern area of the Medina, uh, but then they have to travel quite a bit. So it's a it's a pretty a tough situation for the Muslims. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> but Rasulullah's decision was very decisive and, and and clear about that. He did not uh, uh, sit back and uh, just wait for the attack to happen on Medina. Rather, uh, he took a stance of. Uh, we, that we will go out and uh, fight in their grounds instead of they going to, they're going to attack the Muslims. We will go and take the initiative and uh, go and uh, go out there and fight for fight with them. So they decided to to go to Tabuk and fight there, uh, which was uh, the area of the Romans. Now, uh, and that's actually uh, uh, it's an important thing to uh, to 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 think about uh, to or to learn from that. Which is Rasulullah as a statesman, he uh, took the initiative from his side, and because uh, he had uh, his own political will, which was to spread Islam, take Islam to the rest of the world. It was not that uh, you just sit back and let the uh, enemy and take over you uh, uh, and try to crush you. Uh, and the um, and the whole last last almost nine years when Rasulullah uh, came to since he came to Medina, uh, all the battles and everything that he he fought for, all those things will be crumbled to nothing uh, because of uh, you sit back in Medina and wait for the enemies to come and attack you uh, from all ends. Uh, so Rasulullah took the initiative of his own because he had his own agenda to take Islam to to the to, to the rest of the world. So uh, now <clears throat> he took the initiative that we will go out and uh, and we will fight. And now one of the things that Rasulullah did in this uh, battle was unlike other battles, he actually took the initiative and also he made it clear to the people that where we are heading and against whom we are heading. It, it used to be like that. Rasulullah used to not. Tell uh, the goal in the beginning to the to the Sahaba, to, so it will not leak out to to the enemy that uh, 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 what Rasulullah was about to do. 
So in this case, he, he made it very clear, it was open that Rasulullah is going to fight against the Romans and, uh, and he started preparing for that battle. Now, when uh, this uh, uh, Rasulullah announced it and uh, asked all the Sahaba to uh, start preparing and it was, everybody was, uh, was ordered, uh, almost all the Muslims responded positively so only those who had uh, uh, only those who had weakness at their hearts favor to stay behind uh, well, well, meaning the munafiqin and they were uh, besides that there were three more sahaba who stayed behind and uh, they, they were the sahaba they were uh, uh, clear in their heart uh, and we'll talk about that inshallah in the coming uh, lectures about those three sahaba story as well but uh, besides them, uh, everybody prepared and they want to go out. Uh, unless, of course, there are people who had uh, legitimate reasons of uh, being sick or something, uh, but, but all of them uh, were going out to fight. Now, uh, there were some Sahaba who uh, did not have, because of the poverty, uh, they could not afford a ride. Uh, and this is a long distance in a, in a very hot weather they had to cover. For about them, Allah Azza wa Jal says uh, that... Uh, so upon those people who Allah uh, is saying when they came to you that you might give them mounts you said I can find nothing for you to ride upon they turned back while their eyes over overflowed with the tears out of grief that they could not find something to spend for the cause of Allah Azza wa Jal. So this is, uh, these are legitimate people who do not have a uh, means to uh, participate. And then when Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he asked the Sahaba to, uh, to give the charity for this uh, battle. Uh, there are very uh, outstanding uh, incidents that we see in this battle. That Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, when he asked for help, we see that uh, people like Uthman bin uh, Uthman bin Affan he is uh, uh, him, and actually uh, all the Sahaba. We find that they raced uh, among themselves. It was like a race was going on. Who will spend more in the path of Allah Azza wa And that's for the battle that they were preparing for. And uh, Uthman bin Affan an, first he gave two hundred. Uh, saddled camel to travel to Asham. Saddled camel, I mean, they, 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 they had all the, 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 all which is required for the camel to travel and, and it was, uh, it was loaded. They were loaded. And uh, besides that, um, uh, there are different riwayat talks about that. One of them talks about that is, uh, that he presented 200 ounce of gold as charity as well. And then he also gave another thousand dinar. Uh, and as as we have discussed before, a dinar is uh, 4.25 gram, uh, which means it was uh, about 4.25 kilogram of uh, of gold. He gave more, uh, and uh, he put it in, in the lap of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And the reports talk about it that Uthman did, for example, one of the reports that he gave three times uh, 1,000 dinar. And uh, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he was. Uh, he, uh, he was looking at uh, uh, the gold that he gave and he said to Uthman, ma darra Uthman ma amila ba'd al uh, He said it twice, that uh, uh, nothing can harm uh, Uthman uh, uh, after this, meaning whatever he does from, to, from now on, uh, nothing will harm him, meaning he will, uh, he will be in the, from people of Jannah. Okay. 
and then uh, other people who participated in this charity, uh, pretty much all the Sahaba did, but the ones which I mentioned, uh, uh, Rahman bin Auf, for example, he paid about two, uh, 200 ounces of silver. Uh, Abu Bakr Siddiq, radiallahu uh, an, the famous, uh, another time, this is another, first, uh, uh, this is another incident where uh, Abu Bakr, he brought whatever wealth he had uh, to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, whatever family fortune he had, he brought. And this is the second time we can see in the Sirah, before we were doing the Hijrah also, he, he pretty much brought everything at that time as well. So Abu Bakr Siddiq, uh, uh, he, that's a famous incident of that, uh, and we know that uh, in the very same incident, Omar bin Khattab, radiallahu an, he actually brought half of his fortune, and he was trying to compete, uh, especially with Abu Bakr Siddiq. He was thinking that today he's going to beat Abu Bakr, and he found out when he was there that Abu Bakr actually brought the, everything that he had uh, uh, to, to, to give as a charity. Then, uh, besides him, Abbas, radiallahu an, Abbas, radiallahu an, uncle of Rasulullah, he also gave a lot of money. Talha Sa'ad bin Ubadah, Muhammad bin Maslama gave money for, uh, for, for that as well, for, the, for this ghazwa. So similarly, Asim bin Adi, uh, he offered 90 camels, uh, uh, camel burdens of, uh, of dates. And the uh, uh, interesting thing was, uh, not only that, but people who, whatever they could have given, they gave, even some of the, uh, one of them gave only half the bushel. Uh, 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 or the only only bushel he owned, um, women started giving uh, their jewelry or uh, uh, perfumes or whatever the, uh, uh, the things that they had, uh, they, they start giving that uh, as charity as well. So uh, wh whoever could do whatever they were trying their best to give the charity. And, and Munafiqeen actually, they started even mocking the Muslims, the, the poor ones, the ones who were giving whatever they could have done within their capacity so they start mocking them as Allah Azzawajal talks about them as well uh, when they were mocking Allah SWT says الَّذِينَ يَلْمِزُونَ الْمُتَوْعِينَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ فِي الصَّدَقَاتِ وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَجِدُونَ إِلَّا جُهْدَهُمْ فَيَسْخَرُونَ مِنْهُمْ سَخِرُ اللَّهُ مِنْهُمْ وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ عَلِيمٌ Those who defame such of the believers who gave charity in Allah's cause voluntarily and those who could not find to give charity in Allah's cause except what is available to them so they mock at them uh, the believers. So uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is uh, referring about them, that what they were doing. Of course, this kind of a charity is accepted by Allah Azza wa Jal. It's not the amount that matters. Now, one point I want to make here is, uh, the, the especially this Tabuk incident, we hear that a lot in uh, many a times uh, uh, to, 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 to more of a, to motivate the people to give charity, which is fine. Uh, that uh, uh, when then people are collecting uh, charity for different causes, uh, they can give these examples. Uh, sometimes when they're building the masajid, or sometimes they're uh, collecting the charity for helping the Muslims and even the non-Muslims out who are in need. Uh, and they use these specific incidents as uh, to motivate the people. And uh, uh, and not necessarily I'm saying that there's anything wrong to to motivate the people, but we should not forget that, that these incidents that uh, that happened in this specific story where Uthman uh, uh, brought uh, uh, 900 camels and uh, uh, Abu Bakr brought, uh, uh, and besides uh, thousands of uh, dinars and uh, uh, Abu Bakr brought everything from his house. And this, all these events that we talked about, that was the collection that was happening for a battle, 
for uh, the Muslims were about to be attacked and, and Rasulullah did for that kind of a purpose. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, nowadays we only find this for uh, uh, all different kinds of charities, which is building the masajid and all those things, which uh, is uh, in the path of Allah as well. But what I'm saying is, we should make sure that uh, we can distinguish these two things that what Rasulullah was doing and what Sahaba were doing at that time compared to unfortunately today it has always been uh, used for uh, uh, building masajid and just uh, waiting for some uh, some atrocity happen to the Muslim Ummah or anywhere else and uh, as if the ones who are supposed to take care of it uh, they this is expected that the people who are uh, rulers whose job is this, this is, this is, they're, they're responsible for taking care of the subject. This is expected that they will not do it. Um, so, uh, we should remember that this is the job of the state to take care of the people's affairs. And, uh, yes, they can go to the people if there's a need, but, uh, we should not uh, think of it as if this is the job of only individuals to do it. Okay. Uh, and, and inshallah, if there's any questions or comments about that, we can talk about this in, in a later Q&A as well. Uh, but here about the... Uh, and then the Muslim army, uh, uh, when they were leaving for Tabuk, <coughs> it was, even after all this, uh, it was pretty ill-equipped, uh, want to call it, uh, army, because still, uh, the Muslims were able to gather about 30,000 uh, soldiers. Um, and... Uh, uh, and the number of uh, mounts or the camels they had, it ended up like this, that uh, there were about 18 people per camel, um, meaning uh, they were taking turns to sit on the camel while the, other, while the others were walking during that time. So uh, when Rasulullah was leaving uh, the Medina, he left uh, Muhammad bin Maslama al-Ansari uh, as, uh, 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 as the ruler over the Medina while he was absent. And another uh, report talks about it was uh, Sibab bin uh, Arfata was, uh, uh, was Rasulullah left behind him. And also Rasulullah asked Ali bin Abi Talib radiallahu an to take care of the family of Rasulullah So he entrusted his family, his safety on so don't forget that this is pretty much all the Sahaba were leaving Medina and there were very few were left behind. So uh, Ali, when he was left behind, now the Munafiqeen, they started undermining uh, Ali radiallahu an and undervalue the, the, uh, Ali radiallahu an. So Ali, uh, he went back to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and uh, he actually... Uh, he wanted to go along with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as one of the hadith reported by Bukhari, says, he, he said, أَلَا تَرْضَ أَن تَكُونَ مِنِّي بِمَنْزِلَةِ هَارُونَ مِنْ مُوسَى إِلَّا أَنَّهُ لَيْسَ نَبِي بَعْدِي Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, uh, aren't you pleased, uh, would you, will you not be pleased that you will be uh, to me like, uh, like Harun to Musa, as when Harun, uh, Musa alayhi salatu salam, uh, was was asked to, uh, to, to to go away from the people, uh, and Musa alayhi salam left Harun behind him to take care of the affairs. So uh, and and also Rasulullah said very clearly, but there will be no prophet after me. Meaning that did not mean that if Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was leaving uh, Ali behind, uh, like Musa, uh, like Harun was left behind Musa alayhi salam. It doesn't, because Harun was a prophet, so Rasulullah made it clear here, but there will be no prophet after Rasulullah So Ali was left to take care of the family does not mean 
by any means that he was a prophet of Allah. Okay. Uh, so uh, and then uh, Ali was uh, Ali was pleased and stay uh, uh, stay behind to take care of the family. Okay. Uh, then on the uh, on the Thursday, Rasulullah sallallahu marched to, uh, to uh, northwards towards the Tabuk, and uh, the, uh, as I mentioned, the number of uh, soldiers that Rasulullah sallallahu had was about thirty thousand, and this uh, this is the the biggest army so far uh, gathered uh, by, uh, by, uh, by gathered in Islam. Uh, so, and Muslims had uh, so the, that number was never that big in the past, but uh, but even after gathering all the wealth and everything, it was a, still a very distressed army. Even uh, this army was referred as Jaishul Usra. Jaishul Usra means the army of distress. Uh, when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and Sahaba when they were passing by uh, the, the area called uh, Al Hijr. Uh, which was, uh, and this was the land where uh, Al Thamud or the the Qawm or the nation of uh, uh, Saleh, uh, Ali Salam, the Prophet Saleh, was there, and they uh, and they uh, and they were actually at the area which is called uh, Wadi Al Qura. Uh, nowadays it is called Wadi Al Qura. They were punished over there, and, and uh, when Rasulullah was passing by, he told the Sahaba that uh, do not drink water from its well um, uh, and, the, um, and nor perform any ablution or anything even uh, the dough that they made out of that water uh, so Allah said they do not eat that dough and feed that to the camels and he, he told them uh, do not take anything from here even the whatever is there do not go and try to take any benefit out of it as the hadith of Rasulullah reported Bukhari says uh, when the people pass by uh, and the hadith talks about when the people were passing by Al-Hijr Rasulullah said do not enter the dwelling places of those people who were unjust to themselves unless you enter in a weeping state uh, that's the same calamity as of though there should be fallen you. And then Rasulullah says, And uh, then he covered his head, made his feet fast till uh, the uh, cross the valley. So Rasulullah just wanted to pass by as fast as possible. Unfortunately, nowadays, uh, many a times we find that uh, these places become like a uh, a picnic spot for the people and just go and uh, take the selfies and all those things while Rasulullah's action was here to uh, just hurry up and leave the area okay um, <clears throat> but there was a shortage of water happened because they were not allowed to drink the water the, uh, then Rasulullah uh, so Rasulullah uh, made dua to Allah Azza wa Jal and the rain uh, uh, and the, the clouds came with the rain and the, it rained and all the people drank and uh, and supply themselves with, uh, with the need of the water. Uh, when they came closer to Tabuk, uh, Rasulullah Sallallahu said, if Allah will tomorrow, you will arrive at Tabuk spring. You will uh, you'll not get there before daytime. So whoever reaches it should not touch its water, but wait till I come. And Mu'ad said, said that when, he, when we reached the spring, it used to gush forth some water. So we found that two men had already uh, were there, Rasulullah asked them, have you touched its water? And they replied, yes. And he said, what Allah inspired him to say, 
Then he sc scoops up a little water of that spring, uh, thin stream with uh, gathered together, and he washes his face and hand with it and poured it back into it. Consequently, plenty of water spouted out of it, so people water. And Muhammad said, Rasulullah said, if you were, uh, he said, if you're doomed to live that long, you will see that this this area, this field, will be full of vegetation in the in the future. Uh, so on the way uh, to Tabuk, as uh, they reached Tabuk, Rasulullah said that uh, there will be a very severe wind be blowing at that time during the night time. So do not stand up, and uh, everybody should uh, should should uh, should be sitting or lying. Otherwise, the wind could take could blow you away. And one of the men actually st stood up, and he was blown away by uh, by the wind. And uh, the report talks about he went to, to the mountain of Tait. Uh, and Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam uh, and Sahaba during this whole travel, they were continuously combining uh, the Dhuhr and Asr prayer. Uh, as we know that uh, when you are traveling, uh, it is allowed to combine Dhuhr and Asr. Uh, meaning you can pray Dhuhr and Asr at the time, uh, either of the time, whether you do it at the Dhuhr time or the Asr time, meaning the time is extended like that, that they can be combined at either of the time. And same goes for the Maghrib and Isha. Uh, um, so, and Rasulullah continue to do that. Okay, so then when, when the, when the army, Muslim army arrived at Tabuk um, and they were ready to face the enemy, uh, Rasulullah gave the speech to the Sahaba and uh, Sahaba because because of the very difficult times uh, it was very difficult for them to go through the whole time of the traveling in the very uh, too much heat but Rasulullah uh, uh, reminded them uh, about about Allah Azza wa Jal and uh, the glad, he gave them the glad tidings about uh, about the Jannah and all those things to uh, push them uh, to have high morals to, uh, to to fight the enemy, and uh, uh, Muslims were marching towards the Byzantine. So, see, this is an interesting thing, right? The, the Rasulullah instead of waiting in Medina, they, they actually marched towards the Byzantine. Now, this uh, idea that instead of uh, uh, having fear of the Romans or Byzantines at that time, Rasulullah is actually was on the offensive end. And that actually put the fear in the heart, uh, heart of, the, of, the, of the Byzantines. And uh, they actually uh, uh, did not show up. And that's because of the fear that they felt in their heart. So now, from that perspective, even though the battle did not happen between the, uh, the Romans and the Muslims, but that was a victory of its own that they did not show up. And it's not because just of the fight did not happen, but also... Rasulullah he made treaties for the surrounding uh, tribes of uh, Medina up to the, the Byzantines, the borders of the Byzantines now. Uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he, uh, he met the, 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 the Amir of the Ayla, uh, Yahna bin Rauba. Uh, actually, he, he came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and he made the peace treaty with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa meaning uh, uh, made peace with him with, with giving the jizya to Rasulullah meaning he continued to be whatever religion they were on but they would pay the jizya meaning now they came under the, the influence of, uh, of Rasulullah under his uh, uh, ruling and uh, similarly uh, the other tribes uh, Jarba and, uh, and the people uh, paid in jizya as well 
and um, they, they guaranteed the similar they were also guaranteed a similar kind of a protection from Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and there was a uh, a treaty <coughs> was signed and the letter the treaty was signed like this and the wordings of that treaty and the meaning of the treaty is bismillah rahman rahim it says that this is a guarantee of protection from Allah and his messenger uh, um, Allah and Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, to, uh, to Yahna bin Rawbah and the people of Ayla. Uh, their ships, their caravans on, la on land and sea shall have the custody of Allah and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he and whosoever are with uh, him of Asham people and those of the sea, whosoever contravenes in this, contravenes in this treaty, his wealth shall not save him. It shall be the be the fair price of him that takes it uh, now it should not be lawful to hinder the men from any springs which they have been in the habit of re uh, frequenting nor from any journeys they desire to make whether by sea or by land meaning is Rasulullah uh, provided them protection for the jizya that was taken from them uh, and now they were allies of Rasulullah so uh, that shows that how the Medina state expanded further than what it was before. So now up to the borders of the Byzantines, it was under the control of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Rasulullah sallam also sent Khalid bin Walid radiallahu anh with uh, 450 horsemen to Uqaidah of uh, Domat al-Jandal. And he, told, he gave them specific instructions that how uh, the Uqaidah will, will come out uh, with his... Uh, uh, with, with his oryx, oryx is like something like a cow, like an animal, and he will be, he will be out there and hunting. And then uh, when Khalid bin Walid went there during the night time, but the moon was out, he saw uh, he came out, and he actually and they they took him and they took him to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and him also uh, he actually uh, paid. Uh, about four, uh, he paid uh, 800 uh, heads of cattle and uh, 2,000 uh, 2000 camels and many other things for to for his protection. And um, uh, so, so the, this way, when Rasulullah was coming back, Domatul uh, Jandal and Ayla and Taima and all of these the, these uh, tribes, they came under uh, under the authority of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So from that angle, that became a huge victory. Uh, for, for the Muslims. Now, uh, when Rasulullah was returning to Medina, the Muslim army returned from uh, from from Tabuk victoriously. Now, while they were returning, uh, the the, the Munafiqeen actually they tried to uh, to assassinate Rasulullah when he was coming back as well. But uh, <coughs> Rasulullah uh, found out and Hudayfa bin Al Yaman. Uh, he actually went back and he uh, he scared them off and they ran away. But uh, he was aware of who were those munafiqeen. Uh, and uh, uh, this is what, uh, so Hudayfa was, he was aware of by names the munafiqeen who was involved in the uh, uh, in assassination of Rasulullah, or the attempt to assassinate Rasulullah And uh, uh, this is why Hudayfa radiallahu anh is also uh, referred as the, the the confident one, the one who was the who was aware of the sir of Rasulullah, I mean the secret of Rasulullah about the knowledge about the munafiqeen. Uh, and Allah Azza wa Jal talks about this attempt in uh, Surah Tawbah as well. And it says, "Wahamu bi malam yanalu," and they, they they tried 
but they were not able to carry it out to, to kill Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa reached back to uh, Medina, uh, and they learned about the Rasulullah coming back, uh, the, the famous uh, Nasheed, uh, they were singing for, for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which means that the full moon shone uh, down upon us uh, through the trails of Al-Wada' mountain. Thanks is due to us as uh, as long as a supplicator invokes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Rasulullah sallallahu uh, marched to, uh, was, when he marched to it was in the month of the Rajab and his, uh, his return was in the month of Ramadan. So it was about uh, uh, almost two months uh, long journey to go and come back. So, um, so it took about 50 days actually. Um, and out of those 50 days, uh, 20 days were, were spent in Tabuk and uh, the surrounding area when the Sulaiman was there. So then this is what was the, about Tabuk, but there were other incidents that happened during the Tabuk as well. And uh, right after that, inshallah, we'll cover those incidents uh, in next week's talk. Uh, if there is uh, any questions or comment regarding the subject covered today, uh, about the tabuk and the initiators of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Inshallah, I'll, I'll try to answer those uh, questions or comments. So we'll stop here for today's talk. Inshallah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at IslamPodcasts.com, as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.